welcome to Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. My pronouns are she, her. And my name is Nick, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 18 of Tabula Rasa, bitches. Welcome back. Welcome back, indeed, in Tabula Rasa, bitches. Your two co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 18, Killed by Death. Ooh, oh, such a good one. So as usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode, but today we'll discuss this episode, spoilers and all. Buffy is sick with a nasty bout of flu that is going around school, but tries to patrol anyway. She runs into Angelus and is off her game as she struggles to fight him. The Scoobies have taken it upon themselves to patrol and chase Angelus off, but Buffy faints and the gang takes her to the hospital where doctors say she'll need to rest up for a few days. While delirious with the fever, she sees an ugly demon creeping through the hospital after a small boy. Another child ends up dying that night. Angelus tries to visit Buffy, but Xander faces him down in a tense confrontation. The next day, the gang debriefs about what Buffy saw, and there's a question of if the demon was merely a manifestation of Buffy's childhood fear of the hospital. This question is answered when the demon kills a doctor who is treating the children in the hospital. Buffy realized she can only see the demon when she has the fever, so she reinfects herself with the flu, killing the and then kills the demon just as it continues to feed on the sick children. Xander swoops in, gets them all saved, and we all have a lovely day. This summary was adapted by Buffy from Buffy Guide. So, Ali, just to zoom out for our viewers here, we haven't recorded in a hot minute. So this is really fun to jump back in, and it was a really fun episode to jump back in with. This yeah, is one I of was those... I was really I was really excited because I was like, crap, I don't even remember what episode we're on. And then I pulled it up on our schedule and I was like, oh, yay. It's kind of a nice one, too, because it has some plot stuff, but I think it's definitely more of a monster of the week format where it kind of you can bit, yeah. pick up. And so it was a nice one to ease back into things with. Yeah, I have very distinct memories of watching this episode as a kid and being super scared like lights on when i watched this episode i remember the same exact thing this demon is a scary one and it scared me as a child i would definitely put it like i can immediately think of the top three scariest demons through the course of the series and this he is definitely in the top three is it possible to say one of the other three without spoiling anything so i can describe them okay and okay. so and it, sh- it won't spoil anything yeah, so, yeah i wonder if it's one of the ones i'm thinking of so this one uh-huh. the one in the fourth season yeah that float that floats oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah or yeah. i can just i can just name the gentleman yeah um again doesn't spoil anything that happens in the episode and then i don't know the name of it it's either sixth or seventh season, but it has these really long talon mm. fingers and like rips oh, off strips yeah. of skin. That's a good and one too. Like, kind of thing, clacky sound that it does with its fingers, and oh, it's so gross. It's and it like peeks around corners, and oh, that one's so a bit of a psychological episode too. So it gets you on a few different yeah, levels. Yeah, there's a lot in that episode that I'm. 
I've, I'm pretty sure when I watch it again in, oh God, like five years, yeah. it'll be when we're still doing this this show. I guarantee I'll still be scared by it because it squicks me out. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah, The Gentleman is what came to mind for me too. Oh, those are good of ones. Of those course, are good ones. I think that's what... I think that's probably what comes to mind for most people. But I think I think I would put the creepy nails number one, death from this episode number two, and gentleman number three. I think that is what I would I how I would put it. Yeah, I think definitely number one. Number two and number three I might swap, but yeah, these are the these are the three for sure for me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So just to jump right in, we start out in a cemetery and we kind of see from the beginning that Buffy is uh, not thriving. She hops over. <laughs> she looks rough. Yeah, she is not living her best life. I mean, as rough as as rough as Buffy can look. I mean, I mean like, she's still doing. I mean, like her hair could use a bit of brushing. And she her athleticism is still way more than mine will ever be. So Right. She like briefly stumbles when she pops over the wall. So, and she again, runs like into, you said, still better than most people are doing. Yeah, good clarification. She runs into Willow, Cordelia, and Xander, who have decided that they're going to be patrolling too, and they chastise Buffy for continuing to patrol while she's sick. Yeah, I I love they pop around, and uh, man, Buffy, my life flashed before my eyes. I've got to get a life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Xander is funny here. Cordelia has a really funny line too. She says, we're all concerned about how gross you look. <laughs> but, I mean, still big that Cordy came. Yeah, she's patrolling I, I with always, them. Yeah. I always count just, like, her presence as, like, she doesn't go places she doesn't want to be. Her? Like, or if she really didn't want to do something, Cordelia Chase doesn't do stuff she doesn't want to do. So I, even though she, like, grumbles and will always, like, make a comment or something like that, I always count it as a big sign that she cares when she shows up, that or just the fact that she shows up. And they are all concerned about how gross Buffy looks. Probably wouldn't have phrased it exactly the same way, but that's, you know, pretty yeah, much the yeah. gist of it. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Angelus comes in. Oh, and so I'm, listeners, I'm at my parents' house tonight, and it was super weird because they, they just got a new TV that I was watching it on. And it's, of course, you know, new 4K, 5K, whatever it is. And, like, the colors looked so weird. Like, almost sepia. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, like, totally aged it. Like, it doesn't normally look that aged when I watch it. So that was that was definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, so then Angelus comes in, of course, with some perfect timing as they're just talking about him. Uh, and he's like, oh, is you being sick is almost taking the fun out of it. And then he, like, hits her and he's like, nope, still fun. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Bastard. So Buffy, yeah, she she holds her own kind of, but mostly just gets her ass kicked. Yeah. But team effort. Yeah, it's a good thing the Scoobies were there. Yeah, and they like, it's a smart move. They kind of like distract him and cover him with a jacket to kind of like pull him off. And once and while he's like lost his bearings, Xander's kind of wailing on him for a little bit. And then Xander throws in a good quip, get lost, overbite. Yeah, yeah. Xander ta- has a uh, few overbite. Xander has some really good lines here, including that one. Yeah, yeah. Xander, there's there. I have one moment later that I'm like, dude, you're losing some points here. Um, that I'll I'll bring up when we get there. But he 
he shows some some uh some ovaries in this episode. He does show some ovaries, some really tough, prolific ovaries. Good for him. And yeah. I wonder if the point you're thinking of it's probably I have I have I have some minors Andrew Slander as well, but I'm looking forward to getting there. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Scoobies have saved Buffy, who then promptly faints. Yep, because she is. Have you tired. ever fainted? I have not fainted. Actually, have you ever fainted? No, there's been one or two times where I came close, like like lightheaded, and I like I saw the spots for for a sec, but I was able to like stand still breathe and the moment passed but i've never like literally lost consciousness yeah i haven't either that's kind of be a strange experience yeah and really like disorienting yeah so well, so we catch up with start Puffy. fainting now okay Stay yeah safe. no not it's it is not on the to-do list uh no thank you um unless you know some like a hot guy or you know hayden in a suit is there to catch me dramatically and be super worried about me and i have like light damsel in distress fantasies it's not very feminist feminist of me but whatever no part of feminism is you can have whatever fantasies you want also true also true yeah still don't, don't yeah. probably not good for your brain so i don't recommend it but you know if one has to faint then there may as well be a strapping gentleman there well in these fantasies it's always like Something that's serious enough that it's like concerning, but not so serious that it's like life threatening, like like appendicitis or something like that. That like, yeah, you can faint or like you're in pain or something like that. But like it's appendicitis. You'll be fine. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> like, I'll her detailed fantasies. Uh, so Buffy's being wheeled into the hospital. She's obviously like kind of out of it. Um. I know it's happened a bunch with COVID, but it's still wild to think about being hospitalized for the flu. Like, it sounds so extreme. I mean, I'm, I I get that, like, the level of fevers that these people are having is very serious and stuff. But, like, that would still, like, if it happened to me, I'd be like, oh, I can't believe I went to the hospital just for the flu. Yeah. So this is when it, I find with certain episodes, there are certain aspects of it that I just have to suspend my disbelief about. There's a few points about this hospital. But it does happen. That we it, it, it does happen even like, you know, when like flu season's happening and stuff, like especially if you're not taking care of yourself, then, you know, it's not weeks long stays or anything like that. But sometimes they do. They pump you with some fluids. They help you overnight. They help reduce your fever. Well, like, you're when certainly it's not that, like, staying so... there multiple days. You, yeah, they might give you fluids or if you need some sort of specialized treatment. They'll keep you there, but Buffy for sure wasn't getting any of that. She wasn't hooked up to a ventilator or anything, so I think Not that... a ventilator, but she was she was hooked up, up to an IV, um, and she was about to be discharged. And um, the idea that somebody would be like, oh, no, I'm still not feeling well, and they wouldn't discharge you, like, that's not how they're making decisions. So the hospital care thing is the part of this episode that I just suspended. It was very strange being in the COVID world to see people in a hospital not wearing masks. But, mm. you know, different time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, to think of medical professionals ever, pro probably ever going forward. Ever, yeah. Not wearing masks. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I don't know. No, no. I mean, it, right? if you look at like Asian countries, they're used to it. They do it all the time. Yeah. Just because of population den density, like any flight 
lots any time it's like a big crowded area they're wearing masks and now the whole rest of the world is like oh i guess they have a I guess they have a point yeah yeah good call go ahead and do that there was that one year we didn't even really have a flu season here in the states because everybody yeah. was wearing masks mask so and, dis- it, and distancing yeah yeah because there was no there was no nothing to spread so joyce leaves buffy's room or leaves buffy's side and she sees that giles is there and she's like i just want to just want to thank you for how how attentive you've been and all the care you've shown with Buffy. And I'm like, okay, um, I've I've mentioned this before that like, why doesn't Giles come up with some kind of like cover story, like some kind of like they're in debate club or some kind of reason for why that group of people are consistently after school in the library. Like he at no point tries to establish some kind of cover story. So why doesn't Joyce be like, um, why is this adult consistently around my teenager? We're going to see this in the next episode, too. This show is just weirdly okay with adult and child relationships. And the people don't really question it. They just kind of go with it. Okay, well, in the next episode, they're not okay with it. They're, no, the part that they're not okay with in the next episode is not the Yeah, age. it is. No. It, no. It's the fact that it's a teacher and a student. No, they're mad that he... That's not what they're mad at. They never... They do not at any time in the next episode mention this was sexual assault, what was just happening. I feel like they definitely mentioned that it's inappropriate and that it shouldn't be happening. I'm pretty sure... I, I I think because I just took the notes for it today after I watched this episode. I okay, well, I still have pretty... my homework to do, but that's one of my favorite episodes. I know it pretty well, so I am looking forward to contradicting you. Great, I look forward to it. I will still <laughs> say it. I it is also one of my favorite episodes. So oh, such a fucking it's just and it's I love just the song. That, that oh song. yeah yeah I noted that oh good we already kind of on the anyway, same right. yeah the... moving on we'll discuss that all tomorrow night when we, when we, <laughs> we when totally we discussed spoilers beyond this episode yikes sorry guys eh, it's not that far so um, okay the, I I had a note that okay well okay I had I had a note I appreciate that the uh, person in power here the doctor is a black woman and mm-hmm. I once I saw her leadership and continuing to stand up for her patients throughout the episode i was reflecting that there aren't a whole lot of people of color in the show which is not a new (laughs) note but it was just in the front of my mind as i was watching this that is very true um yeah okay yeah nothing we can really get around that there's no there's no excuses it's just true yep we gotta do but it's great she survives she dies. Yeah, she does. Black That's Lady true. Doctor survives. So good yeah. for her. <laughs> so the next um, note I have is a remarkable Cordelia quote. And yeah. folks, you know me. I rarely contradict Queen C. But she says something that is just preposterous. I have to contradict her here as well. I, yeah. yeah. So... She's talking about how it's not that great of a hospital because a friend of hers, like, got some botched uh, cosmetic surgery. And they're like, "Mm, well, Buffy's not here for cosmetic surgery. And she's like, well, might as well get that thing on her face looked at. You know that thing? Don't tell me I'm the only one who's noticed that thing. 
No, no, I definitely do not know what you're talking about, Cordelia Chase. You are indeed the only person that's noticed it because Sarah Michelle Gellar's face is perfect. You're clearly just making it up in your own head because uh, there's nothing. There's nothing. I mean, there are some actors I could tell you that like have some funky noses, like maybe they had their nose broken at some point or like whatever. But it's not it's not Sarah Michelle Gellar. She looks fantastic. Yeah, I found my I found my limit on taking what Cordelia says without any question. And it's when she is unkind about Sarah about. I mean, that's the only other time that she's that we the only other time we've uh contradicted queen c was another time that she was like ragging on buffy's appearance and we're like i genuinely don't know what you're referring to great you're wrong i'm sorry yeah you can call out everybody else at i don't see it yeah i mean there there are now and then there are some uh style choices that buffy makes um at one point she has bangs and oh yeah maybe not the best choice right You're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's going to come back. Oh, can't wait for that. Yeah. So uh, I I didn't button up the exchange between Joyce and Giles. Uh, highly weird that Joyce is just taking, without thinking about it, this very close relationship with yep, yep. the school librarian. It is very kind how she expresses condolences for Giles' loss. I thought that was a nice moment between the two of them. That was very, very nice. Um yeah, yeah, just re- really lovely. Um, and also, it does show that Buffy's clearly talking at least a little bit with Joyce. Yeah, Joyce about some knew. of the stuff that's happening. What's going so, on? Yeah. And she told her enough to not just that Jenny died, but that Jenny and Giles had been really close. So clearly, she's talking yeah. to Joyce at least a little bit, which is well, good. That's good. Love that. To hear that. So- um, we got some definitive answer from Xander on um, public building. Because they're saying like, oh, well, it, or should we be worried about Xander? Or should we be worried about Angelus? And uh, Xander's like, well, it is a public building. He can come in. And I was like, okay, cool. Stated once and for all, clear, public buildings. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So Buffy's potentially in danger from Angelus. We, uh, this next scene, it's the middle of the night and it's kind of unclear if this is a dream or if it's actually happening, but there's a little boy in Buffy's door and he walks off. They're looking creepy as hell. Yeah, just standing there. Head yeah. kind of hung, just staring at her and then he kind of slinks off. Don't know why you're being creepy like that, dude. And then it's quite the jump scare when mm-hmm. Mr. Man walks into the frame as well. Just the creepy, ugly demon. So And he gross. follows the boy off. Yeah, that demon is also, scary. Also interesting. I don't know if you listen to a lot of horror podcasts, but a um, reoccurring figure in, you know, reported paranormal experiences. Again, like, you know, believe them or not, but a lot recurring element in stories is the hat man like a shadowy figure but you can tell it's like roughly man shaped and he's wearing like a bowler hat or like a top hat oh which is interesting so and he's wearing a hat and he's wearing yeah, a dark you're coat so right what is it that's creepy about is it that the creepy thing might be kind of human enough that's wearing a hat or a hat's just a callback to a previous time and that's what's what is scary about you're so right that that's a thing I, I don't know what it what it, it, I, it might be one of those proper? things like chicken or the egg or I think maybe that's the like gentility of it 
Yeah. Of like, it's not just some feral beast, like that it could be intelligent. Yeah. And. Oh, I think you're on some things. Smart. I don't know. I don't know. That is a really good point. Why does that make it scarier than just if he had no hat? Yeah. But yeah, that's apparently a reoccurring figure in like paral- uh, paralysis dreams and also um, just like creepy paranormal encounter stories. I've had a paralysis dream one time in my life and it was the most terrifying thing. I've th- I have had it was like it was like a sleep paralysis dream, but without the paralysis, like I wasn't I wasn't unable to move, but I woke up with the like certainty that someone was next to me Ugh. and I had just the like, oh, God, oh, God. And so, you know, you have to make yourself turn on the light and everything. Of course, obviously, there's nobody in my in my bed, but blah, so gross. Yeah, very creepy. So Buffy gets up and she starts walking down the hallway and uh, she starts getting, we're going to see this throughout the episode, but this is the first time she starts getting triggered back to her bad experience in the hospital as a child with her cousin. Mm-hmm. Her flashback to when she was apparently brunette. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, they don't look remotely similar. I mean, I, uh, there's a, uh, the character is there. The superhero, the, the, like, there's something in there, and like the roundness of her face, because there's there's a degree of roundness to to Buffy's face, kind of that that youthful round okay. cheeks. Okay, but yeah, so. it's maybe not the closest casting ever. That's okay though. <laughs> but we then see that so she's woken up, and and it turns out that it was a dream, and I'm really glad it was a dream because. When, like I said, I hadn't watched this in a while, so I was kind of remembering bits and pieces. But I noticed Dream Buffy was walking down the hallway without an IBN. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is where I can't suspend my disbelief anymore. Well, no, because she wakes clear. up. When we see her this wake is... up, she takes out the IV. And then she then goes and just w- walks unattended. Yeah. That would be, there'd be beeping and yelling and. But, it also just squicks me out when people remove their, their yeah, stuff. Leave that there. Leave that there. Leave that there. Stuff in movies. Ugh. One, I, I, don't even, I don't like it. thought that I had that I think they do well here. The hospital is really dingy and it's creepy and it's very... I don't, I don't think that this episode is a hugely accurate representation of a whole lot of hospitals, but I do think it's definitely an accurate represent, representation of what Buffy thinks hospitals are. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intended or not. I've been in some kind of creepy older hospitals too, but just I was the... gonna say there definitely are some like old, underfunded, need to be updated hospitals. But I they're mean, all very lit. There's fluorescent lights everywhere and nurses everywhere. I mean, as there should be to care for sick people. But I did get in. I feel like an accurate glimpse of how Buffy feels about hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, the Scoobies are reconvening. Or or we see Xander has been uh, keeping watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Angel shows up with white roses, my favorite. How did you know? <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> It's all about the recipient. Like, I would have been like, ooh, me? Oh, anyway. So I love this exchange between Angelus and Xander because Xander is, 
he's not just playing tough. He he's not flinching. This Completely I don't think he's bluffing. I yeah. don't think he's bluffing in this. And so and Angela says something about, you know, do you really think you could stop me? And he's like, maybe not, but me and the security guard and all the doctor orderlies and stuff. And he says, uh, but I'm curious to find out you game. I just yeah, some real ovaries this episode. And you wow. can tell he totally means it too. He's ready to throw down with Angel. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's itching. I've been wanting to punch you for a long time. Just give me a reason. Yeah. I like this line. He says, uh, it, it, Xander says to Angel, you're going to die and I'm going to be there. Yeah. And just the rage and the... Angel is also doing this thing. He... Uh, we've seen it a lot with Drusilla. He gets at dudes by moving in on their women, on their quote. Yeah. Like, yeah, quote, yeah, there yeah. as if women belong to anybody. Yeah, but he like, does throwing that, like, it in he a gets space under... that, like... I got there first. And now now he's kind of uh, throwing it in Spike's face too, moving in on Drusilla. And Drusilla is like fine with it. But Right. But yeah, it's kind of nice to see Xander. I don't, I don't know. He's not, he's like not taking the bait. He's like, mm -hmm. you can tell he's just, he just hates to, like it, it's moved past that the sort of petty anger that, that would have normally re I don't know. This is a really yeah, it's less nice about, exchange. It's less about the guy who's dating Buffy and more about the guy who's endangering Buffy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, really that's exactly great. it. So they're on their walk. Buffy's telling them about the possible dr fever dream, possible real thing that she saw. And once again, Cordelia swooping in with the psych evaluation. She's like, are you sure you're not manifesting? Or you're, this, I wrote you're down not this whole like... quote. Can I read it? Yes, go for it. So this isn't afraid of you being, so this isn't about you being afraid of hospitals because your friend died, so you want to conjure up a monster that you can fight so you can save everybody and not feel so helpless? Damn. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I were Buffy, I'm glad that she kind of stuck to her guns here. But if I were, if I, if I were Buffy, I would have been like, okay, maybe you're Ow. right. Just, yeah like well when you put it like that i mean once again people not believing buffy and I'm, I'm gonna throw some hands and yeah but um so that okay so this is the second time i i, I have to contradict cordelia because there's a quote that i that she has next that i has uh because giles is like perhaps some some tact cordelia and then she says tact is just saying things that aren't true pass that's completely not what tact is tact is just you can say the same thing but it's about the way you phrase it and about word choice and tact is super important in communication and interpersonal relationships and not enough people have it and i don't like anyone watching this and be like yeah she's right i don't have to be tactful yeah sometimes people will be like oh i just tell it like it is and it's like no you're just nope. nasty you're just yep, you're, ju you're a mean just an person. asshole yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I'm just being honest. Or it's like when someone says something stupid, and like, I was joking. All right. Well, if, if it was a joke, it was a then prank. We'd be laughing. It was a prank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, so, yeah. what Cordelia said, Cordelia, yeah, what, what was that line? Attacked as saying things that aren't true or something like that. Yeah. No, that's what 
that's what lying is. Tact right. is saying the truth, maybe nicely. Yeah, it it is about word choice. Yeah, and about it, phrasing things in a kind way while still saying the thing you intend to say, or right. still getting the same point across without specifically without being mean. I always yeah. think of it as like if you were out shopping with your friends and your friend tried on something that did not look good on them, instead of you saying, wow, you look like a whale in that dress, you say, you know what, that's not the most flattering dress on you. It's it's just, you know, it's about word choice. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, it takes, yeah. Yep, everyone out no, there no, listening, like, tact you. is good. Tact, tact is, is a good, good thing, we like it. Learn it, love it, live it. So I was also going to throw hands that were continuing to not believe Buffy. I will say at least this time they did agree to indulge her. Yes. Yeah. To her face, they were like, or like, like Xander's just something about like, okay, let's say this isn't just a fever dream. What do we do next? Um, which is great. Which is great. But then the second Cordelia and Giles are back at the library, Giles is second guessing her. Yeah, yeah, and and it's so will and it's Willow who who then comes in with it. So really, it's just Giles second guessing her because then it's Willow who comes in with the well. We do also live on the Hellmouth, and there are monsters. Yeah, Giles and Willow go to research at the library, and Willow pushes back against Giles' skepticism. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. nice to see. So they also have the thought that previously in the conversation, too, Buffy had mentioned the creepy doctor getting some bad vibes from the doctor who's treating the kids she had overheard a conversation between creepy doctor and badass lady doctor and badass lady doctor was like pushing back so buffy kind of had the wiggins about him and and so giles and willow decide that they're gonna research more into the doctor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and at the hospital this starts the cringy exchange is so at the hospital cordelia and xander are sneaking around they're looking for clues and they're sneaking through lockers um, and they're interrupted by a security guard. So Cordelia Who starts. is a very famous actor and has been in lots of stuff. Oh, right. In, I don't. Oh, my God. I'm so bad at it. He, he played um, the, the thing that uh, comes to mind for me is always he played Mozzie in White Collar. But he was also a very prominent recurring character in Sex in the City. Oh, you're right. Paul loves mm-hmm. white collar. I've seen this guy now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is clearly a, a de- definitely a younger him. Say, I mean, cl- like Sex in the City probably era. White collar is definitely later. But yeah, he's he's really funny. He's really great. Um, and I think he sadly passed uh, a couple years ago. Oh, R.I.P. Thanks for being a creepy security guard. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, he wasn't even that creepy. I thought. I thought he it was yeah he actually was wasn't ador- that creepy. He was kind of just kind of, kind of adorable. Scene. He was doing oh, his I, job. <laughs> uh, oh, I did not like this exchange at all. The uh, yeah, they're yeah they end up they they end up flirting. Cordy it does her job well. That's for sure. Cordy she is doing him. her job, and this is where my sec- my uh, one of two uh, tut tuts at Xander comes in. Yeah, this because... is a Xander Xander moment. Yeah. For me. Because after they leave, you know, she gets rid of the security guard and says, could you make a little more with the touchy gropey? Um, she was very clearly distract doing a distraction. Very clearly. Yeah, and I don't just know what doing else she wanted. 
her job. Like you mispronounced thank you, Xander. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, do you really think she wanted to be doing that? Like you, you really think that, yeah, I just want, I just call BS on him actually feeling jealousy from that flirtation. Yeah. He definitely feels jealous, but it's interesting. Well, I'm not saying he's not a jealous person. I just really doubt that that person and that situation would actually make him feel jealous. Yeah. There's some interesting banter between him and Cordelia here because Cordelia is like, oh, you're jealous, huh? And then they somehow end up talking about Buffy because the two of them always end up talking about Buffy and there's something, something, something. And then then Xander says to Cordelia, oh, so you're jealous of Buffy. And they, and Cordelia kind of, like, Cordelia has made a joke about Xander looking at Buffy's butt all the time. And then she walks mm-hmm. off and she goes, watch my back. And he, <laughs> he does. And he, then he does. So, you know, at least, it, he, if, at least he did what he was told. I don't know how I feel about this thrill they seem to get off of making each other jealous. Yeah. They like it. I, I think I think they do. I think they kind there's of, some of they like something about the contention, something of, or just tension in general that they seem to enjoy. I think were they older, they are probably a group that would get into some kind of like cuckolding fetish kind of thing. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. Yeah, Hazel. She just hates closed doors. That's what what I'm surprised. I'm surprised I haven't had somebody scratching at my door. Yeah. Yeah. My dog doesn't necessarily want to be in the room with you. She's just mad when she can't be. Well, I mean, now she's being very sweetly. She's very sweetly like curled up next to my leg. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't know about the really that relationship. But I mean, also, I guess don't yuck somebody else's yum if that's what you're into. Yeah. Very true. It just sounds stressful. I don't know. No, definitely. The. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. It sounds a little stressful to me, but you know, do what yeah. makes you happy. Maybe Would not don't, be maybe my don't like maybe don't like check out and kind of like objectify your friends in the process, but you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My next note is just satin. Because Buffy has satin PJ pants. Oh, get it, Buffy. The, love me. So love me some satin. She is uh, but she's she's walking around. And she goes to talk to the little boy Ryan, who she's become friends with, and he says you shouldn't be here. Um, he's going to come again tonight, and he's talking about death, what he who he calls death, and he is coloring a creepy ass picture. This is a this is a a note for everybody. If if a child is drawing demonic pictures or something just it's a it's a do not pass go situation call a priest call somebody i don't know if don't my know. child if my child started drawing demonic pictures and was like oh yeah he's gonna come again tonight okay i would be like we're not saying is not is see like demonic goes towards sort of goes towards like religion and possess possession and like all of that stuff but like also just monsters good friend of mine author scott sigler he wrote his first monster story in fourth grade wow yeah you're so 
Oh, if my grade. if my kid in fourth grade he was writing stories about monsters. Well, okay, there's like monsters that kids draw that are big, green, ugly things, and then there's this thing that the kid was drawing. I would be like, there is clearly. There is something bad happening in my house. I mean, I wouldn't take them. I mean, maybe I would talk to them about it, but in the like calm, reserved, like, hey, bud, what's this drawing? Tell me about it. But not like immediate, be like, oh my God, I got to put the kid in therapy. I don't know. Oh, no, I wasn't talking. I wasn't talking about putting anybody in therapy. I was talking about getting an exorcism going stat on the house because that kid's not lying. I still think that would be an overreaction. Kids are creepy. Kids say weird shit. They do weird shit. I don't know. Viewers, chime in. If your child started drawing a demon and said he's going to come again tonight, let us know how you would react. Allie would be rational, and I would say, we're going to go stay in a hotel tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe then I would, you know, depends how often they said. Well, the specific, because I was thinking of, like, just the drawing. But if he's talking about, like, this demon specifically visiting him, like, having seen it, not just, like, I'm scared there's something in the closet. Like, no, I saw the thing in the closet. It's going to come. It already killed my friend. Then, like, <laughs> we'd be having some talks. Maybe maybe you come sleep in the big bed tonight. <laughs> but, no, I do not. I would not hop straight to exorcism. No. I am also the one who my dog coughs and I take them to the emergency vet. So Nicholas, my reaction tracks. Listen, I'll pay for peace of mind. Okay. I mean, if you can and you want to, that's also fair. But uh, exorcism also, exorcisms are definitely different than <laughs> taking care of a cough. They, I mean, like most exorcisms that have taken place, they die. Like, they starve you for days and pray over you. Like, it's not a pretty sight. Well, then don't be drawing demons, and I won't get an exorcism on you. <laughs> Stupid kid. What are you thinking? All right. All right. Maybe that's where... Maybe maybe you call Auntie Allie, and she'll come <laughs> figure things out for you. <laughs> be like, Auntie Allie... Before, Nick, before you go to priest... Nick call. is going to Maui for the next week. I'm tapping out. You do. You figure yeah, this out. Like, uh, Auntie Allie's gonna come stay with us for a bit, and we're, <laughs> let's see, let's see if she what she thinks of your situation. <laughs> okay, so we, uh, so I think we're back at the library for a hot second, and mm-hmm. Giles and Willow finds that Doctor Backer is indeed sketchy. got a little bit of a sketchy background, mm-hmm. but. Uh, okay, no, we're not jumping to clearing his name right away because nope. um, we they, they here's a nice moment between Xander and Cordelia that I like. Xander is trying to stay awake at the hospital. He's still sitting outside Buffy's room, and Cordelia brings him coffees and donuts. An acts of service queen. Yes, and then he doesn't say thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't great, was it? He gave her like a look of gratitude, but come on, that's mm, kind of. Let's go ahead and finish that and say thanks. Two words takes a millisecond. This got me thinking, what is your love language? My love language. So I have trouble finding out my love language because the uh quiz to find out is super obvious. Like the questions yeah. are super obvious. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like it's really hard to take it impartially and get an impartial answer. 
but I am pretty sure. And there's also also what's tricky with love whole love language thing is like, how do I show it versus how do I like to receive it? Um, how I like to receive it is kind of I, I like a bit of everything. Um, I do like gifts and I that's do my, like acts of service. Gifts is one of mine, too. We have the worst one. But I also I do really love touch. I'm a very touchy feely person. Um, and I do a- appreciate quality time. So, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm very well balanced. I wasn't going to get on this soapbox, but I do sometimes get on a soapbox about the love languages thing. I feel like anybody who says, oh, this is mine. This is my love language. That I just don't see sometimes I feel like they're more like cups that you need filled. You need mm-hmm. all of them. But then sometimes my quality time cup is bigger. And then sometimes I'm like, just leave me alone and bring me food, please. So service might be bigger. I also consider myself probably more gifts than anything. But otherwise, I'm like pretty. Yeah, but I but I do think and I think that's that's I mean, that's how I feel. Um, I'm very much like, doesn't everybody need a little bit of everything? But. Um, but I do, again, I do particularly like gifts, but like for me, it truly is the thought that counts. Like if you just got me something off my wish list, no, (laughs) no offense to anybody listening, but like that, that doesn't take as much effort than the whole thing of like, oh, I saw this and I thought of you Yeah, or I remembered you said this, like Hayden got me a gift for Christmas that I had literally never told him about. It's something I had seen ages ago and was like, oh my God, I need that but I'd never bought it for myself. It's one of those arc lighters. It's like a rechargeable, fluidless Shut the fuck up. I got one of those lighter. for Paul. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're, they're really cool. Yeah, I don't useful. know if it's like, and yeah, exactly. And I love candles. I love lighting my incense. And, you know, also they're great because of their length because, you know, once the candle burns down for a while, like, you know, it gets hard. Yeah. And it's rechargeable, yeah. it's green, yeah. all of that. I had literally never mentioned this to him. And the day before, my mom had gotten one. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that. I've been, want- I've been wanting one. And then the next day, Hayden had gotten-, gotten it from me. I was like, did you talk to Julie? And he was like, no, I just thought you would you would use it. And, like, that's perfect. Yeah. Because it's not-, it's not huge and extravagant. Like, they're probably not expensive. But it they're is not. something <laughs> that I am now going to be using on a very regular basis. And it was something that, You'll like, think of him he every would- time. He thought about oh. me. Yeah, yeah, and he he thought about the things that I do and something that would help me in my life. Yeah, he he crushed it with gifts this year. It was all things that like he only got me one thing that was actually on my list. The rest was just stuff that like he found that he knew I would like. Get it, Hayden? Yeah, I like gifts. This is quickly turning into a therapy session, Allie. I I like gifts a lot, but I'm also a terrible gift giver. Giver, and that feels like a cruel reality i can help you with that i'm a very good gift giver I'm and i can so, tell you, you how, are, to, how to be yeah, how to be a good you gift are giver. really good at it i'm so oh but I'm what i was gonna say really is really bad at it my so, family growing up we were the family that always wrote lists for each other mm-hmm. with exactly what we wanted which i mean you know my dad so that's how my dad works that is best for <laughs> him sense. and i'm grateful for it because i know that i can't get exactly you know 
Yeah, whatever. and there but are some yeah, people just... like lists are so much better. And I still make an, an Amazon wish list for family members and stuff. But now I now have like links to Etsy pages and stuff because fuck Amazon. And yay, support small businesses. Agreed. But uh, the, on the opposite spectrum as you and me, Hayden genuinely dislikes getting gifts. What? Like he knows that I'm a princess and I love gifts and I expect <laughs> him to get me gifts. I look this is that's the beauty of being with someone as long as as we've been together is that like I feel no shame and just straight up telling him, yeah, I want presents. Um, yeah. But his one request, like he he begged me not to be involved in Secret Santa this year. And I was like, mom, mom started asking about what you want for Christmas. And he was like, the only gift I want is no gift. Hmm. He hates receiving gifts. He hates having to buy gifts. And he like and like he doesn't even like celebrating his birthday. Like my family's like, oh, well, what if we just like gather at a bar just to like celebrate you? And he's like, I will be at a different bar. <laughs> he doesn't like attention. OK, good to know. No, exactly. So he he really does just like quality time. Is, is what he likes and it doesn't we, have to be like it, it could just be me on me watching a tv show and he's like playing games on his laptop lovely yeah so so, so there genuinely are people who it's not a bit of everything yeah yeah i could yeah that makes sense to me and he likes mm. touch but he doesn't like it near doesn't like as much as i do like i need to like get a nice hug about once a day they say hugs should last at least 10 seconds yep to to release the like serotonin and stuff. Paul really hates our <laughs> ten second hugs. He gets them. He's like, "Hi, can I go into my room and not talk to anybody, please?" <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I, yeah, there but are they're times good for that him and his like, silly little mental health. So I yeah. do it. Yeah. No, and there's definitely times that Hayden's like, oh, "Okay, I just walked in the door." But then there are sometimes I come downstairs and he's laying on the couch and he does the like motions with the grabby hands. Oh, yeah. He wants me to come snuggle. So it's just not always at the same time. You know? Okay, we've devolved hardcore. That so, is okay. Okay, Xander, uh, Cordelia is an acts of service queen. Xander is clearly not a words of affirmation king or <laughs> even a basic gratitude king in this moment. Dr. Backer walks out of his office. He goes down the hall. Buffy's watching him. I will again say... Patients are 10,000% not allowed to just be rooming, but that's okay. He goes into the kids' war ward and puts something into the kids' IV, mm-hmm. and there's a laugh behind him or some sort of sound, and he just starts getting wailed on. He gets totally mauled. Um, and yep. Bobby actually gets her ass kicked a little bit, too, by the demon. Yep, and she sees uh, sees the doctor get dragged away, and then they're convening the next day, and I wrote down her quote, but it's real, which means I get to fight it. Yeah, so they debrief about how Dr. Backer, he might not be great, but he's not evil. Yeah, um, And honestly, and... in the different light, like clearly this was an unauthorized kind of experiment that he was doing on the kids um, with this stuff. So it's like, turns out, so he was breaking rules, but he was doing it for the good of people. It's kind of that. Was like, it breaking rules? I couldn't tell if it was... Well, Not. I was more thinking about like the the stuff that they found on his record. Yeah, where he was like doing. I didn't write down stuff. the exact. Oh, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't write it, that was write exactly was. down it either. But like listening to his record, it was stuff that like yeah, on paper it sounds really bad, but maybe if you got the full story, it would sound like wrong thing for the right reasons. Oh, interesting. Because it mm. does look sketchy. 
it's sort of exper- he's sort of experimentally dosing these kids with a bit of I mean he's basically giving them a vaccine or trying to like inoculate yeah, that's them what a little it bit. Sound like yeah. Probably don't do that unauthorized. Right, exactly. That's what I think. It kind of sounded like it was unauthorized. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, not I like some not really vigilante good. stuff, not when it comes to medical stuff in kids. <laughs> Unless it's performing exorcisms on them. And then if they and then you're totally fine with it. Drawn demons, yeah, then I'm in full support. There, it comes full circle. We got we back get to this, it. We get this lovely exchange about playing doctor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Willow's yeah, saying so that she has some innocent. medical knowledge because she and Xander used to play doctor all the time. Then it was like, no, 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 no. She didn't, she wasn't, she didn't know how to play doctor. She like would actually diagnose me. And Willow says, wrong. Why? How did you play doctor? And Buffy says, I didn't. And then Cordelia just gives this a look to her too. And yeah. in that look, I was taking to mean that Cordelia played, yeah, doctor. played doctor. And then Giles is just so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although we know he's done some stuff. It wasn't doctor, but he's True. done stuff. Um, did you ever play doctor? No, no, absolutely not. I don't think I played doctor. So there was one I remember being told about because I don't actually remember this. I was told about one day at daycare. The daycare lady came back because it was at her house and basically the playroom was was in the basement. So she came downstairs to find me and this other boy. We were the same age. Naked. And with marker, like head to toe, oh, we no. just been like drawing on each other. Oh no! But I mean, I, I I don't think there was anything sexual about it. I think it was more just like, I don't know. These are our, these are our bodies. I don't think it was anything about like sexual. But I was you like, yeah, we had, we had been drawing so on each other, and <laughs> I th- I do believe we were both naked. But we were also like both in single digits, so it was not right. Yeah, but I, I don't think it had any. I don't think we were doing anything playing doctor. doctor. That's a little different. Yeah, it was, de- it was definitely not doctory. So they have this little doctor exchange, and then they start wondering why Buffy can't see the demon anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're discussing it, Joyce walks in on the secret meeting, and Joyce says, and she she calls it that. She calls it a secret meeting, which is funny. Joyce knows, mm-hmm. and um, so they Joyce says, "Oh, you know, good news. I can take you home." Buffy says, no, no, I, I I, have to stay. And everybody falls into it. It's a good Scooby aligning behind the story moment. Yeah, yeah. And once again, if they just had a cover story, I think stuff would be a lot less awkward. Uh, but anyway, so they're divvying up work afterwards. And Giles almost says, like, but why do I have to go with her? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, yeah. Cord- and I love that Cordelia goes, let's go, tact guy. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to have the job with Cordelia. Yep. So Ryan is uh, oh. watching the secure. Oh, I almost forgot. I have to tell you this story about Ryan. My brother Ryan? No, about Ryan in the show. Oh. Um, I really should have looked up the actor's name, but uh, I am only three degrees away from him, or two degrees away from him, because... The kid who played Ryan, he and his brother did gymnastics with my brother. What? Yeah. So I like. What? 
I like saw him because they they separated the girls and the guys. Um, so I saw them when they went out to their, you know, to their lesson or session or whatever. But yeah, they he and his brother took gymnastics at Columbia Gymnastics. What? And this was post Buffy, like so we knew we knew the episode. We knew that it's so cool. Yeah, he said Sarah Michelle Gellar was really nice. Oh, oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. So just like so random, but apparently wow. he lives in Maryland. I don't know if he's from Maryland or whatever. I don't know how he got cast. Yeah, I don't know anything but that. I just know that like my brother was in his gymnastics class. That is such a fun fact, Allie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wow. Wild. <laughs> I wonder if he has kept acting or anything. Again, definitely should have looked it up. But so this I was, they not. probably filmed in California. That would be my expectation. So, so man, that is wild that life's events played out such that this kid filmed Buffy, moved across the country, went to, and went across country, did gymnastics, mm -hmm. and did gymnastics with other devoted Buffy fans. Right. Who wow. happened to be also that young? The same age. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Allie, my mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So had to make sure I said that. That is very cool. Thank you for making sure you said that. Absolutely. I have very okay. few claims to fame, but there you go. It's my lame claim. That's to fame. one of them. You're going to have, you have more claims to fame than that. Come on. Including that you're the future black hat. Also true. So Buffy and Willow are sneaking into Backer's office and Willow officially, officially clears his name by finding something that indicates he was trying to help kids. Mm -hmm. Cordelia and Giles are researching in the library and there's a fun moment where Giles is irritated by all of Cordelia's questions. Uh, and I was irritated by him being irritated by her questions because she is trying to be curious and learn and that should always be encouraged, not sniped at. No, I agree. It was irritating. I'm sorry. I'm with Giles on this one. Giles, write your write your questions down and we'll come back to them. But I'm <laughs> reading and researching. Wait. So this is trivia I found while I was doing my research. So Cordelia, so Cordelia closes the book and they're like, oh, the cover, that demon looks exactly like. But before before she closes the book, she has this page out. Mm -hmm. And it is the demon that Buffy and Sid killed during the puppet show. Oh, cool. That's a fun fact. Or or it's like another, like the demon they killed during the puppet show was one of six or something. And it's another one of the, we had seen this demon before. So that was oh, cool. a fallback. Cool. So we've probably, they've, they've had this book for a while. Cool. Yeah. Um, so Cordelia, I, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I love that wrap top that Buffy's wearing. It's cute. It looks cute and comfy. Love it. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Man, as I've started taking a lot more notes, I miss outfit notes more. I have to find some more to balance it. I'll do better viewers, listeners, not viewers. Giles and Buffy call Buff or Giles. Oh, my God, I'm tired. Giles and Cordelia call Buffy and they go over kind of in gruesome detail how the kids are killed. And Buffy has another flashback to the hospital and realizes that uh, the demon that killed Celia her cousin is this demon. So. Or that, just a flashback, realizing that Celia was killed by a demon. She wasn't just yeah. sick. She was killed by the demon. Yeah. So yeah, this talk time about it's personal. Right. 
she goes to take a swig of some virus that's in the fridge and willow says that's going to kill you in an instant right before this willow has this quote she says how are you going to fight this thing with a 107 degree temperature buffy is the slayer so what do i know i did look it up you would for sure be dead if you had a 107 degree temperature just to be clear if anybody has a temperature of 103 or more you need to go to the hospital so yep take listen viewers but that speaks to why those kids were be- were hospitalized because they were having that high of fevers. True. And I think kids can tolerate higher temperatures somehow. That doesn't make sense to me, but I think that's a thing. Well, also yeah. maybe it's not one o- maybe they were having 107 fevers but not for very long because then, you know, that's when they like put you in an ice bath or something like that. Like they work to bring your temperature down. Yeah. Mm, true. Okay. Uh, Willow dilutes the virus, thank goodness, and Buffy drinks it, and somehow the effects are pretty instant, and we just don't have to think about the science here. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I'm not my area of expertise, so I'm just gonna say that that was fine. Great. <laughs> and they go to now rescue the kids now that buffy can presumably see the demon and the kids aren't in the children's word no because oh, they've no. run off yeah apparently there's basement access in the children's ward seems Don't. like a pretty big facilities issue to me yeah i feel like that would be you know off a hallway or something like that not literally in the same room in the room in the yeah. room with the kids beds that seems like a problem. Yeah. That seems like a no-no. Yeah. Mm. Well. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Sunny, I'll do better. So Buffy is uh, Buffy's trying to get into the kids' ward. It's locked. Uh, security gets called in the scuffle, and Willow distracts them with this hilarious thing about always frogs. on top of the distractions. Always on top of it. Always. And her fear of frogs, and just there's something so cute about the way she says, "No more frogs." <laughs> adorable adorable so i think uh we get kind of like a bunch of flashes here the kids going through the basement and the demon following and buffy and xander going into the basement too and there's a nice exchange uh xander and buffy are getting into the basement and he goes you don't know how to kill this thing and she says i thought i might try violence <laughs> i did i did really enjoy that yeah because yeah and it's really interesting to watch xander watching her fight him because he can't see what she's fighting yeah i like that they included that where yeah he's invisible to the audience for a minute that was just kind of that cool. was nice I thought it was cool. Ryan's kind of a natural leader among the kids. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing, too. I, I didn't quite verbalize it into a note, but I was definitely thinking, like, brave, very brave to not to, to be that young and think outside of yourself and actually formulate a, de- a decent plan. He got them far. Yeah. Um, you know, they eventually got cornered, but, you know, they're kids. But, yeah, yeah definitely already a young, young leader. So the demon starts attacking Ryan and starts feeding off of him. And it is so creepy. The things that come out of his eyeballs, little sucker things. Gross. And luckily, Buffy smacks him upside the head and Xander ushers the kids away. Yep. And Buffy uh, snaps his neck. There's another funny quote about that. Oh, yeah. 
between Buffy and Xander. Xander goes, he's dead, right? I heard something snap. And Buffy goes, that would be his neck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, while I was watching, because when he said, well, how, how do you pl- plan to defeat this thing? And she's like, violence. And I was like, oh, yeah, how, how, how does she end up end up beating him? I don't I don't remember. And then when she snapped his neck, I was like, oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Violence committed. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. So this last scene is really adorable. So cute. So, so cute. Just a very nice, normal moment of uh, Buffy convalescing. With her friends, all all snuggled up together, and Joyce waiting on them, uh, getting you know she's super accommodating with Buffy, and yeah, sure, no problem with Willow, and then of yep, oh yeah, okay, with Xander, <laughs> oh, she was so kind, yeah, it was so yeah. nice, yeah, they're making pretty ridiculous requests, but they're adorable, yeah, and Buffy gets a letter in the mail from Ryan, more artwork. Oh, he drew this one a is picture. A... How nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, it's really good. Yeah, it was pretty graphic and I loved it. And it's funny because it's inaccurate, but he wasn't there when she did it. So that's okay. He wouldn't know. True. So maybe he gets a message you. across. She killed him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Xander probably just passed it on. Yeah. And that's the end of my notes. Well, my only other piece of trivia for this episode is that some sources indicate that this episode was intended to be in season one and they finagled the Angelus bits later on, which I could see because it's one of those, it's not really story building, Oz isn't in it. Right. So I could see that seems possible to me. Definitely could have been in the first season. Like you said, it doesn't build on any of the story. It like continues the story. But yeah, I, I can I could see that fitting in another in a different season. I actually have another closing thought, but I want to make sure about something first. I'm going to Google something really quick. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Okay. I am irritated. There is okay. So before every episode, I do a shit ton of googling, trivia, spoil like spoilers, goofs, all of it. And one of the sites I check, I'm not going to put them on blast. One of the sites I check. Uh, is a is a review site and it talked about how terrible this episode is and what? it gave it like a one what? in its rating scale and that annoys me. Is this from a site that in general likes Buffy or do they just review everything? No, no, it's Buffy. They they have reviewed every single episode of Buffy and Angel. And they don't like this episode. They did not like this episode. Did they I give specific reasons or did they just give a rating? They don't like I think I I think the bit that they don't like is that it kind of happens in a vacuum. We're on this momentum. Yeah, but not but that happens all the time in TV shows because you can't consistently keep the momentum unless you only have like a six episode season. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I but I this was one of those I remember it liking it a lot. Watched it again, liked it a lot again. Yeah, and I like the. I don't know. Working through the childhood trauma, it's a genuinely creepy demon. Yeah, hospitals a little dingy, but that's what hospitals are supposed to be. So you know. Well, I mean, it's a hospital in Sunnydale, so. Well, viewers, let us know where did this episode rank for you? Yeah, I'm. I'm very. I'm always very curious when 
there's such such disparate views on episodes. Because yeah, there's some there's some episodes like there are some episodes that you've said like you really don't like, and I but there weren't they weren't my favorite episode. You didn't like the pack, but it's not like I'm like, oh yeah, pack's my favorite episode. Like I, I like it, but you know. Yeah, we mostly we have similar flavors of opinions. Mine are just a little more cutting than yours. A little bit, a little bit. But yeah, I I would not have expected this to be one for contention. Interesting. Splish so splash, interesting. your opinion is trash. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. Do you want to wrap us up? I can. I certainly can. I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. And we hope you'll join us next time when we discuss quite possibly my all-time favorite episode, season two, episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. You're all time. Come on. That's not accurate. It might. Bitch, it might be. Really? (sighs) You like it that much? Yeah, I think it's it's it is really up there for me. Dear listeners, we have been on a kind of a weird holiday recording schedule, so it's been kind of sporadic. But 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 we're recording this one tomorrow, so now I'm even more excited to talk about it with you, knowing that it, I knew you liked it a lot. But wow, no, this is good. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's really up there for me. Well, and friends, you're definitely going to want to tune into that episode because we are going to be welcoming an extra special guest and friend of the pod, Francis Bailey. Francis, we will talk more and gush more about how great Francis is tomorrow for us, I guess soon for y'all. But Francis is host of an incredible podcast called The Podcast Diaries. And if that podcast sounds familiar to you, it's because we were lucky enough to have another one of the Podcast Diaries co-hosts on with us earlier this season and Jordan was brilliant and Francis is also brilliant. It's just guaranteed to be a brilliant episode. So we're thrilled to welcome Francis next time. In the meantime, if you're just too excited to wait until the next episode to chat, send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. That is T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also say a little bit else on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at, at tabularasabpod. And finally, it'd be so kind if you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. They are very sweet to read. Allie, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at DaughterPick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at FutureBlackCat on the TikTok And if you'd like to uh, toss a few bucks my way, help fund my life as an actress, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Allie Press. That's A-L-L-I-E, press as in press a button. And uh, you can also just go to Venmo, Allie-Press. Fantastic. All of those social media handles are going to be in the description. Allie, it's a treasure as always to see you, and I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. And the rest of you all, I will see you on the internet. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Tabula Rasa, bitches, is hosted by Allie Press and Nick Mercer, with music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.